0: This is your first podcast ever in the history of uh, your life. Yes. How do you feel right Are you nervous?
1: No, it's just kind of funny. I'm not used to talking to anybody like this.
0: <laughs> I can hear your voice on this too. So you can't hear your voice, uh-huh. but I can hear it through the audio stuff on how it sounds to, to people.
1: Okay. And it sounds good, man. Do I need to make my voice deeper? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so me and me and Nunley go way back, like way back.
1: Way back like Carsey's, bro.
0: Do you remember the first day that I came into your team? Yes, I do. Do you? You yeah. were you were you were an assaulter and B two three and and the SIF and this yep. is like f- f- six early six early early six yeah, yeah. beginning you of just six. got home
1: from Afghanistan yeah just turned and you get basically like hey I'm going uh basically next door and I remember you showed up clean cut baby faced I think he yeah. was like twenty six or something like yeah. that yeah I was and uh and I I liked you from the first time I talked to you because you had you know, you were cutting up and stuff like that. I was like this guy's going, he's going to fit in just good.
0: Yeah, it was a good experience. I, a lot of guys are scared when they come to the the SIF company, but uh, Metford was my company start major in Charlie Company. He took over Bico and he brought, I think, he just brought me. There was, oh no, he brought uh, Edgar Lee, yes, a couple guys yep. from seco Ch- And um, I always looked at you guys and went, oh, that's all oh, the cool guys are over there. Um, and you already established on the team, yeah. Um, you you had, did you show up straight to b 3 in third group?
1: No, I, so out of the course, I went over to Germany and I was in C110.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. Yep. You had a history in C110. Yep.
1: Uh, well, first I started an off company, was on a, a team, did a year and a half there, went to Seco, uh, did a, a year and a half there, and then back, that's like kind of they used to do sift to sift moves. So I went from C110 to B23 and um, I showed up and I liked it from the moment I showed up because it was, it was, you know, all the team doors were open. Everybody was intermingling, um, just, you know, shooting the stuff and kind of cutting up and stuff like that. And, and I was like, man, this is, this is going to be all right.
0: It was a good working environment. I it thought. really was. Yeah. Um, did you do the five rotation with speed yeah. two, three?
1: Oh, well, no, that was to, uh, troop two, troop one. Uh, I showed up, we did, um,
0: Oh, that's rotation. Oh, right. yeah. four. Yep. Yeah. Uh, At yeah. Jordan.
1: Uh, yep. And uh, cause we were training those cats. Yeah. And, um, and I started off uh, working, then went and helped train guys, came back, just long enough, to basically to go home, and then uh, they kind of changed stuff around so we didn't go back to 06.
0: That's right. Yeah. And then um, that's when we did split troop stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, you were, I mean, you started your uh, career in the military and the Marines, right? Yeah. Well, how many years did you do in the Marines?
1: I did four years. So I graduated high school, um, uh, went in the Corps. Uh, went through training, everything like that.
0: 18 year old kid, right? 17. 17, yeah. My mom yeah. had a
1: sign, a sign up for me. She wasn't too tickled about that, obviously. Got <laughs> uh, stationed in Lejeune. I was in second uh, Command Center Battalion, or the, you call it second CEB. Did my time there. Uh, towards the end of my tour, went to uh, deploy to Desert Show, Desert Storm, came back home. And, uh, you know, I was kind of at that point like, am I staying in? Am I getting out? Well, I decided I was going to go ahead and just get out. So I got back. Uh, I got out of the military, went back home to Southwest Detroit, uh, you know, was there for about a year and a half and just, I always just missed it, you know? And, uh, it was kind of funny cause I remember my, uh, platoon sergeant in the Corps, he told me, he's like, if you ever come back in the military, go in the army, I was like, really? You know, it's funny you hear a career Marine say something like that. And he was just, you know, he just said, Hey, there's it's a larger branch, a lot of opportunities, more job opportunities, yeah, yeah. you know, take advantage of it. So I was like, okay. So I was, I was civilian for about a year and a half and uh, came back in.
0: So you're like 22, 23? Yeah,
1: I think I was. Because I remember when I went to Ranger School, I was 23. But it was funny because I didn't know no better. So I'm just talking to some of the young lieutenants and stuff like that in the company and everything. And I was like, yeah, I like to go to Ranger School. They're like, well, how old are you? So I'm 23. And I remember this one guy's like, ooh, that's almost too old. I was like, really? And he goes, yeah, that's almost too old. And really? Yeah. You know, I remember we had uh, guys go through that was, you know, I remember we had a first sergeant. From uh 25th ID that went yep. through with us and I was like, you know, obviously a lot of people just, you know, I think maybe it was just harder on some people's bodies or whatever. I don't yeah. know.
0: This is in the infantry. Yeah. Yeah. And um So you signed, you went from the infantry in the Marines.
1: Well, I was uh, in the combat engineer unit.
0: Yeah, combat engineers. Yep. And then you went, you got out, and then you went back in as an infantry guy.
1: Well, I started off actually as a as a truck driver, as an eighty eight Mike.
0: Oh, in in the, in the army. In the army. Yep.
1: And, and you went the, to Ranger School as a truck driver? Yeah. Shut up. I swear. And then what happens once I graduated ranger school, I'd already been to airborne school and stuff like that. Yeah. And once I graduated, I just just changed my MOS 11B. Yeah,
0: because I just found this out from Tom uh, from Eagles and Angels. He's a former um, unit guy, but he was a, a ranger. But before he went to ranger battalion, he was a, um, what was he? He was a... Uh, um, not a soft-skilled M- Oh, he was a communicator. Okay. So he's a communicator. Yeah. And then he went to Ranger School, and then went to RRD, or Ranger Battalion, then RRD, and they're like, um, can I change my MOS?" Because he was a communicator. Yeah. And, you know, Re- Reconnaissance has, you know, they're, they're better operators as a communicator because that's your job. Mm-hmm. And then he went to change his MOS, and they just penciled off on it because he had Ranger School, mm-hmm. which I thought is really cool. Right. I mean, if you have Ranger School you're eight, You're 11B qualified. Right. And um, so they just, they basically said, hey, you're good to go. Yeah, I just had to sign, I basically had to
1: just signed a 4187, submit it, went to DA, came back, and I was like, hey man, you're 11B now. I was like, roger. You know? So
0: now, you, and then you go to a leg, or not a leg, but a uh, infantry unit? Well,
1: I was uh, stationed at Benning when all this was going on. I was at a, a TDA unit and basically we support all the schools right there on Fort Benning.
0: Yeah. And uh, What's TDA stand for, for people who are listening? This? I don't even know what that means. That's like uh, basic training. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry. I can't think.
0: Training I, detachment. Yeah. It's
1: basically, yeah. It's, um, it's just basically like, you know, uh, units that don't, you know, don't deploy. All they do is like they're, they basically facilitate uh, facilitate things. Yeah. And uh, we just basically, you know, facilitate all the schools there on Benning. So the cool thing, the only it was kind of funny because I didn't know what to expect from the Army. You know, I showed up and uh, it was always a funny thing because uh, I show up to the airport in Atlanta, you know, and I see all these guys. I'm like, "Hey, man, you guys going to Fort Benning? They're like, "Yeah." So I'm just sitting down. I'm talking to these guys. Well, this bus pulls up. We get on the bus, and you know, everybody's just laughing and joking. Next thing I say, "No." We pull up, and I see these footprints outside the outside this building. I'm like, "Hey, man, you guys going to boot camp?" And they're like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> so this uh, this guy comes on the bus, and he's just like basically, like, you know, you got. Thirty seconds, to get off my bus, you know, blah, blah blah. So we get out there, and you know, everybody's in formation. And I, I raise my hand, and uh, this guy's like, "What?" You know, he's screaming. I was like, "I not I don't think I'm supposed to be here." <laughs> well, me make a long story short. That happened like three or four times, and finally, this guy's like, "What? What do you want?" I was like, "Hey, I don't think I'm supposed to be here." So he says, "Let me see your orders." So I, I show him my orders. He goes, "Yeah, you go ahead and go sit over there." But when I did, like four other guys, I like, yeah, "I don't think I'm supposed to be here either." <laughs> really? Yeah, there's yeah. like five of us. <laughs> because
0: you had already been through basic.
1: Right. Whoa. And uh, but the bad thing was, of course this all went down after we went through the amnesty box and I threw my Copenhagen in there and I was like, "Hey, can I get my snuff back?" They're like, "Nope." So I was like, "Okay." Oh. You know, yeah, yeah. It was just it was a funny experience like welcome to the army. And uh so, you know, I did my did my time there was really fortunate just because it was one of those kind of places that, you know, if you're motivated and you want to do something, you could. And everybody was there for different reasons, you know, obviously, other than working and, and doing what we were supposed to be doing. But like, you know, some people like in their off time went to college or whatever, like or military schools, you know. Um, that's why I told my squad leader when I showed up, I was like, hey, you know, I want to go to school. And he's like, what, like college? I was like, no, like, you know, any school. training. Yeah, that you have. Anything yeah. you guys yeah. offer, man. I saw so I'm willing to do it. And he's like, OK. So I did.
0: See, back then, I mean, it's it's still kind of the saying, but people don't take advantage of all the opportunities to be all you could be. Mm-hmm. You know, so we had the opportunities to do a whole bunch of different things. And I know you were a recruiter at some point,
1: right? Yeah. So it was funny. Uh, so, you know, I, going through uh, ranger school and stuff like that, you know, you meet a lot of guys from regiment and stuff like that. So I was like, man, I really like to go to, you know, Ranger Battalion. So I submitted a 4187 to go to rope. And, um... Next thing I know, like, all these orders started coming down. Like, it was yeah. like, hey, you're on orders for Fort uh, Hood, you know. Because they, they're they, like, this
0: dude wants to tap out and right. go to the battalion.
1: So, it was like, you know, it was like two or three different bases. I get these or units, I get these orders for. Well, then finally, the next thing I know, is like, hey, you got orders for recruiting duty, USREC. And I was like, and I do not you know, I was I didn't want to do that. And they're like, uh, too bad, bro. They're like, you know, they got you now. So, What's it called,
0: DA Select or something yeah, like that? yeah. yeah. You, you have DA, to do it. Yeah, yeah,
1: there's nothing you can do about it. So... I go to recruiting school at Fort Benjamin Harrison, Indiana. It's it's not there no more. I think it's at Fort Jackson, South Carolina now. But we go up there. And the cool thing was when we were there, that's the facilities they use for the all-army athletes. So, you know, these are world-class athletes. So the facilities were awesome. Yeah. And um, What year is this? This is um, 94, 95, something like that. Oh, wow. Okay, so a
0: ways off from 9-11. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And um, so then— you know, I was at E5. So how they used to do it, like E5s kind of got like, you know, a pick basically where you want to go region-wise. And I was, you know, I'm from Michigan, so I want to go back to Michigan. So, uh I end up coming. Uh, I end up getting out of the school, and I go to uh, Petoskey, Michigan, which is funny because I'm from Detroit, Michigan, which is at the bottom of the state, and Petoskey's at the very top of the state.
0: Oh wow! So, so far from home.
1: Yes, so I ended up doing like three years up uh, in that job, and then I left there because I put a 4187 in, you know, and I I went from there over to Vicenza, Italy, and I did some time over there.
0: When seventy third?
1: Before yeah. Well, when I got there, it was first five hundred eighth, and then right before I left, I think I already went to selection and stuff like that. And uh, they decided, okay, we're going to reactivate 173rd. And one kind of cool thing, I got to do the uh, reactivation jump and stuff like that. Oh, and cool. There's like a lot of 173rd vets and stuff there. So you're already a squad leader, I'm assuming yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah, 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 I was a squad leader. And uh, and then, you know, I came down to orders for uh, the Q course. So then I went. So you went started. to selection,
0: the Q course. Mm-hmm. And you got in that stuff before 9-11, right?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah, well, in fact, when 9-11 happened, I was in language school. Oh, when so
0: I, just finishing up. Yeah, just finishing up. And you got the 10th group. Yep. Uh, um,
1: did my time over there.
0: Yeah. And How'd then, you like your time in 10th
1: group? I liked it. I enjoyed it. You know, uh, obviously, you know, being in first battalion, it's a beautiful location, you know, and plus also a r- lot of really good guys, man. You know, I was just amazed by how, you know, cause you're new to that environment. And then, uh, you get there and there's like all these dudes, like wealth, some knowledge, you know, yeah. like speak all the, you know, because it was funny because like when I went through, you know, I went to, to school, uh, language school for Russian, spent six months in that. And uh, I got out, I felt like I didn't really know too much of it at all. And then I'm meeting these guys that like, you know, they went back in the day and, you know, you had like, you know, Polish speakers, you had uh, Russian speakers, obviously German, German you know, yeah. and just really impressed by really smart, knowledgeable guys.
0: That's really cool. And you got to do a lot of the 10th Group's mission before the war kicked off. So right. you got to do a lot of the cross-military training opportunities mm-hmm. and what do they call it, J-SETs. Yes. What is, it? What is that? Joint.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought about these terms in a long time. Yeah, it's um, like, I
0: don't know, joint. <laughs> What's this?
1: Uh, joint. Oh, shit. Um, I don't know. I don't
0: remember. Yeah, joint combined exercise training, training or something, something like that. I'm sorry. Yeah. It, it's a training mission. Yeah, foreign internal defense stuff. Right. Um, then the the war kicks off. Yeah. Nine eleven kicks off, and you know you're in you're in uh, school already, so we're cycling to war, and. But C-110 wasn't doing a lot of rotations, I don't think, at that time. Yeah.
1: Not at that point, no. So it was— They eventually did. Yes. Yeah. It was It, was, yes, yeah. it, it, was, uh, it was weird because—so uh, I had, uh, you know, I, I end up getting the words for Bragg. I PCS, and I get there, and, you know, these guys, they, they've, been, they've already got a couple trips underneath their belts. So I show up, uh, like, maybe a month, month and a half later, maybe, we deploy. And I remember, you know, we're downrange, and uh, we go someplace— uh, to do something and like, you know, our troops there and look, and here's my old troop from uh, my, my old unit there. And the only thing of difference for me was I just had a different baseball hat on. Yeah. I was like, Holy crap, man. You know, it was cool. Just seeing all the fellas and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I was just really blessed, man. I got put on a really good strong group of uh, dudes team wise and, uh, you know, lasting friendships that I still have to this day. You know? Yeah.
0: We, uh, during that period of time, which we continued, uh, I mean, after the time that, Uh, you got to be co and then we were rotating to war. That's all we did. Yeah. Like I, I was talking to Kevin Owens about it. That time period, even talking to unit guys about that same task force period, all you did was war. Mm -hmm. Your whole life was built around this template of going to war, coming back, not any downtime. No. The army is horrible at downtime. Yeah. I think we come back and, um we'd say, hey, we're taking leave or something, but it never happened that way. Right? Because the next week, guys we would trickle into the team room, we started getting spun up for stuff, going to training schools. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, we're doing our FMPs, our full mission profiles, and then going back down range. Mm-hmm. Um, and that cycle never stopped for years and years and years and years. I, know. I remember, um, I think I was, this was 08, uh, and oh, no, no, not 08, 09. I was in Balad with a unit and you were in uh, uh, area four yes and that's when that that church yep um, uh, was at al qaeda mm-hmm. I'm assuming they did a suicide attack yep. and they killed a whole bunch of people in the church yeah and we used to frequent that neighborhood and that oh, that yeah. area yeah but it was an ICTF hostage rescue yeah um, and, and you you were on that hit right oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, I remember talking about that stands out to me because I remember it on the Balad side because I was mm-hmm. in Balad at the time but I had flown down to Baghdad to do some stuff with that, and um, it was like a crazy, pretty crazy incident, right?
1: Yeah, it was just it was weird, because just because you know, like you had like all these, you know, you had like when you train a lot of these guys, you know, like you know, like, hey, here's how it's going to break down, you know, you know, these guys are the ones going to be hitting the target, these guys are cordon, these guys are outer cordon, he had all these things you be talk about, it and always briefed really well, and then when that, stuff like that goes down. It was like, it was just, you know, everybody wanted to be involved. There was press everywhere and stuff like that. The it was chaos. Yeah, it was just total chaos. And then, uh, you know, but I tell you what, man, the guys did really good. I mean, you know, you could tell, tell those guys were trained really well. And uh, and then plus, you know, like our, our guys were right there with them and stuff like that. So it was, you know, it, it was a shame that something like that would happen and how it, especially to innocent people and stuff like that. But uh, if you think about it from like the, the tactical point, the, other than what was going on outside the church everything inside the church went as as it should have
0: yeah yeah i remember the 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 amount of innocent people killed was mm-hmm. just horrific yeah and then the actions of the bad guys per their sop was horrible mm-hmm. um so you get i mean we do that tr- trip and then you do you keep rotating right
1: uh, yeah we um so I, well, I only did, I think I only got one more rotation in and then, uh, my time was up, you know, I got kind of promoted out of a job Yeah. and I, I moved up to higher headquarters and that's where I kind of you, finished my but time. But you
0: did your team start time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and then went down range with, with your team. Yep. Um, and then, I mean, the war was dying. Yeah. Dwindling at that point anyway. Right. Um, I did, uh, Afghanistan, I think in 10 and then, uh, Libya in 11. But as that stuff came unwind, started unwinding. You went to USASAC HQ, mm-hmm. uh, U.S. Army Special
1: Operations Command Headquarters. What were you doing at HQ? I, they put me in G8. I went up there, and I was working with some uh, some really good dudes. Is that Force Mod? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How was that for you? It wasn't too bad. I mean, it was kind of weird because, you know, a lot of those guys had, like, you know, been in those positions for a while, so they put me in the NCOIC position. So I don't know anything about this stuff. And they're like, okay, now you're running the show. So uh it was just kind of funny because like, you know, the first couple of meetings and stuff like that, I would just had to be honest with the guys like, listen, man, you know, I know the end product, but I don't know a lot of the things that you guys you do. You got to learn the job. Yeah. And it and, takes years to do, yeah. right? And uh, I was just really fortunate though, you know, because I mean, there was some good dudes up there, you know, uh, that really had a passion. They wanted to make sure that the warfighters got what they needed and things like that. And uh, so I, was, I, was, I, I guess I was really lucky to be putting uh, with just such a good group of dudes.
0: What's the timing wise? Because you ran Force Mod and then Kevin Owens ran it. Yeah. Did he rip out with
1: you? No, I'm trying to think uh, who took over from. It. I don't remember now. Was it Van Zant? It could have been Chris. Yeah, I can't remember because uh, you know Chris was he was all over it. He was he was. Yeah, a CJ solid. was yeah, there. Yeah, he's a good dude.
0: Okay, yeah, because I'm trying to think out the timing because you retired and stepped away, and then me and you started doing contracting together. Yeah. And then I think he, yeah, this must have been because I think he took over at 14 or something like that. He did his last four year. Hell, he just retired. Kevin yeah. Owens did. Um but um what made you how many years did you do total with the marine corps?
1: Uh, 4. And then I was just uh, shy. Well, I did a little over 21 in the army.
0: So you did 25, five, 26. Change, yeah. Yeah. Did you take the 150, the bonus. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that put like we call it the devil's money cuz yeah. you had to take it at 19. Yes. And that guarantee you five more years beyond
1: 20. Right. Well, How come you never made sergeant major? Well, my biggest thing was, it was kind of funny because, you know, I always, I used to have buddies that went started the, uh, went to school and everything like that, and it was like, you know, they had that one year that they were at the company, and then after that, they were in staff jobs. So, after I did my team starting time, I was like, you know, I'm just doing my time and I'm getting out.
0: Yeah, yeah, because if you made starting major, that would extend you right. beyond right. the 25. Right, and, and it
1: was like some, you know, they had some different obligations, like they wanted you to like to go down range for a year. Yeah. yeah, And, uh, and I was gone so much stuff like that. And I had two real small young kids and my wife was, you know, at home holding down the fort and stuff like that and everything. And I was just like, you know, no, I think I'll just go ahead and just do my time. So I just did my time and I never even competed. You know, I mean, I think I did everything once, like when I was in the secondary and that was the only time I ever did.
0: Yeah. I know a lot of guys in your situation that didn't want to do that. Hell, I don't know how Neil, Neil Hudspeth stayed a, uh, an E7 and operated his own career. I know. He did finish it off his, his time in Swick, but he was able to do Swick things that he liked. Right. I think mean, at CIFSIC or whatever. But um, a lot of guys fall in that boat because, I mean, making yeah. Sergeant Major, even as I made it, I thought it was just a, the, the, it was like a desonance. If I would have known that I would be a staff weenie for the rest of my career, I would have just stayed a team Sergeant for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I was still a team Sergeant, I don't think... I actually thought about this after I got out of the guard component of SF. I could have stayed a team start forever. Mm-hmm. I would, I, I could. Have, there's, there's guys who stayed a team start for like 20 years, wow. have had the same ODA. Uh-huh. And um, I, I would have enjoyed that because yeah. I, I actually really enjoyed being a That's team That's a great job. A yeah, it is. Is that your pinnacle of your career?
1: I'd have to say so, yeah.
0: What's your favorite times in, in being on the teams that you remember?
1: I had, you know, I tell you, man, I mean, a lot of it, it would definitely be when we were in the company together, you know. I seven mean, trip was really oh, good. Oh, yeah. seven was a good trip. Um, you know, oh, six was a good trip. And uh, before that, too, and oh, four and stuff. Um, but I have definitely say there was my, you know, that's when, you know, it was you're just like, wow, this is exactly what I came here to do. You know, just because we're on good dudes, mm-hmm. you know, that love their country and, you know, and uh, are passionate about the mission and things like that. And, um, it was just awesome. That was just such... And, you know, I, I remember one time I heard somebody make the comment. They were trying to explain what the company was like. And uh, he was telling them, he's like, you know, sir, you know, you remember how when you was on ODA, how tight that ODA was? And uh, the guy was like, yeah, I remember that. He goes, well, this is like a company that's like that. You know, he said, because these dudes are really tight. And that was true. I mean, because like, you know, when we deployed, man, it was, you know, three teams together. and Stacked on top of each yeah, other. Yeah. And, uh... And it, everybody got along so well and everybody yeah. knew that, you know, we were there to do something that, you know, we had to pitch into each other and, and help out and things like that. And uh, that was just some good times. You know, we
0: had a back good back rapport. Yeah. And that was, you know, some good times. Oh, eight. Did you, you did the oh eight trip too, right? Uh-huh. what did you do on the oh eight? Oh, you were on the, uh, you were up north in Missoula. Yes. Yeah. That's right. That's when, uh, were you on that hit that what's his name got fragged in the butt?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, what's that dude's name?
1: Brad Collins? Collins.
0: Well, yeah. No. 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 Yeah. 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 Brad. Yeah. 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 He got fragged in the butt. Yeah. The butt cheek.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A
0: bad guy threw that grenade over the thing. Yep. Yeah. Um. That was a good trip.
1: Yeah. It was a good trip.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. wait. I I was on the ICTS. I was Ben Bittner and uh Damon Damon and we did all those great dudes. Yeah. We did. We ran troops. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed that man. I I enjoyed running with the Iraqis, mm-hmm. especially the ICTF, more than I think almost any job mm-hmm. that I've had. Did you have that same experience with? Yeah, the, I, th- I think,
1: I think that's really, uh, you hit the head of the nail because, um, you know, there was some really, really good, solid guys and, you know, and you'd go over there and, you know, we'd run like our hair was on fire and then we'd leave and those guys were still there doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, just really, really solid guys, man, that, you know, and it made you always feel good when you'd come back and they were happy to see you, you yeah. know, and you'd always want to catch up and things like that and stuff. And, uh. You know those guys were—they're were all about it, man. You know they're trying to make a difference, and they did make a difference.
0: Well, yeah, the big thing was uh, when ISIS yeah. started evolving. Those guys are really the only reason in Missoul yeah. with a little bit of support, right? Why ISIS doesn't own Iraq right now? Yeah, because they sacrificed a lot of their lives. They I mean, did. We, we talked about it before, but they—I mean, those guys have—they've lost so many guys. They did. I was talking to Mohammed, the sniper Mo, called Mo. And um, they lost so many dudes. I think I was talking to Omar from ICTF. He lives in Texas. And he went and hung out with me with one of the training courses. And we had a conversation about all these guys. And he was showing me pictures of dudes that I remembered. And all of them were dead. Yeah. I mean, uh, the estimates are half of the ICTF have been killed against the fight against Al-Qaeda or ISIS. Mm-hmm. And it just bums me out. I, that's why I want to do... And if you're listening to this podcast, anybody who's wealthy... I mean, to record a do I thought about doing a GoFundMe for this documentary because it's so expensive, but um, I'd love to do a documentary about the ICTF and go back to Iraq and Erbil and meet up with these guys. Wow. And you're coming with me too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you do PS- PSD. Yeah. Um, so you contract. Yeah. You started contracting with 13?
1: Uh, end of 13. It was, uh, yeah, end of 13, beginning of 14.
0: And... You ended contracting in, like, 19 or something, 18, yeah. 19?
1: Yeah, I did exactly five years, and I I stepped away from How it. How
0: was that overall experience for you operating as a contractor?
1: It was good, man. You know, it was, it was good because, you know, coming from the military, you know, obviously you want to get a job where like-minded individuals and stuff like that. And, like, you know, I've talked about before, you know, there was guys from different walks of life, but everybody had something in common, you know, where you have some mutual ground that you could always find with each other. And just really— some really good sharp dudes, you know, and uh overall, I'd have to say it definitely was a, it was a great experience. It's just, it's a little, it's definitely harder on families just because.
0: Yeah. It's so constant, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, like, you know, military, okay, you're going to deploy from this time to this time and then, you know, you're going to be home. I mean, yeah, you're still training and stuff like that, but at least, you know, you're somewhat, excuse me, at home. And, uh but man, in contract, you know, you come home, you're home for like a month or whatever, then you're right back. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. It definitely puts a lot of paid strain Paid well. Off. Yeah, yeah.
0: Comparatively.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just puts a lot of strain on, on a, you know, your spouse and your kids and stuff like that. And then, then after a while, you start realizing that you got all these pictures saved on your phone and it's like, you know, while you're your screen capturing, while you're FaceTiming, and you, you can see your kids growing up and there's like a little corner Jeez, of you, dude. you know, and going from goatees to beards to clean shaven to, you know, Crazy. and mustaches and stuff like that. And then your kids are not so little no more. Then you're like, you know what, man? they're not going to be little forever. I need to be around. So, you know, you just kind of step away from it.
0: You made a conscious decision to step away. Yeah, And was that hard
1: for you? You know, it was funny because, you know, I, I really weighed it and stuff like that. And, uh, I would sit and I would think about it. And cause you know, I, I, mean, I had some really good friends, you know, I mean, it was just kind of like being back on the team. I mean, I had dudes I really, truly enjoyed being around working with and things like that. And, uh, and I, I finally, I was like, you know, I started thinking about those little pictures again. And I was like, you know what? Yes, yeah, about time. So I did. I just went ahead and I, you know, I just resigned from it. And, uh, and you know, at first, you know, there'd be times I'd miss, you know, certain things and stuff like that. But uh, all I gotta do if I ever started having, like when I have those, moments, I just think, hey, I'm sitting right here next to my little girl right now or whatever. Yeah, right.
0: it's not hard to realize right. how happy you are in, exactly. your, in your actual life. When, when um, you made the decision to step away, did you have a hard time transitioning from that into just normal civilian life? Because you, you, you were like me where I went into active duty straight into a contracting job and that was kind of a good transitional yeah. point. But then when you're done with contracting, um, maybe it's easier, but you still, now you're a civilian yeah. and and you have a crazy civilian story, right? Cause you have a crazy civilian job right now. Yeah.
1: It's it's actually really kind of funny because, um, so when I, I, you know, I decided uh, to stop, I didn't really have, you know, I always thought I was going to do this like transition. Like I was going to try to find out, like, Hey, what do I want to do next? You know, obviously I want something I can be home a lot more and, uh, happened to be very fortunate to have these gentlemen uh, that were working on my house. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, so, and they're just really good guys. And they're like, well, you know, we heard that, you know, you and your wife talking, you it's don't sound like you're going to be going away to work no more. I said, no, nah, I said, I'm done. You know, they're like, well, why don't you come work for us? I was like, man, I don't know anything about carpentry, you know? (laughs) And they're like, man, don't worry about it. We'll teach you what you need to know. I was like, well, okay. So for two years now, that's what I've been doing, man. I mean, which at first it was funny because, you know, I'm around guys that never been in the military. Uh, You know, we all talk a certain way and things like that. I'm certain, I'm, you know, setting my my tool belt up like I would, like either my gun belt or my LBE, you know? (laughs) And uh, like I have my, you know, my, my driver right here where I put my pistol mainly and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I had my tool belt up so high. And they're like, why you wear your tool belt so high? Well, I don't like nothing on my legs, you know, you know blah, blah, blah.
0: <laughs> I could build and climb better. Yeah,
1: yeah it was going to be easier going up this ladder. <laughs> so, uh, but it was, it was fun because uh, I just been, you know, really I've been very fortunate because even though I don't have, I didn't have anything in common with these guys, they're just all just such good Americans that are, you know, they're all very family oriented, God fearing men. Uh, you know, small town America, uh, is, is this goes. in, North, this is in North Carolina, Yeah, right? this is North Carolina.
0: Oh man. And is this, wait, is this at your new, new place that you decided to bed down to off grid kind of cabin?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we, can well, I say where I live at? Yeah. yeah okay. You can. Yeah. I do not know. <laughs> so we moved to Franklin, North Carolina and, uh, and back
0: country. Oh yeah. This is in Appalachia. Oh yeah. You know. We're
1: right in Smoky Mountains be and, beautiful, uh, man, God's country, bro. Did you get,
0: you get land.
1: Oh yeah. I bought 32 acres.
0: 32 acres. Yeah. And that contract money, man, oh, must man, be good. I'll tell you what. Dang.
1: It's it's absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. And, uh, and it's just funny because, uh, you know, no matter what the day is like, all you gotta do is just kind of look out the window, any direction. You're just like, wow, it's absolutely beautiful. Wow. You know, and, sure, you need
0: to show me pictures. Later. I
1: will. I promise. And, uh, so it's just an absolutely beautiful area. And, and it's cool too, because like, you know, it was funny because I was, we moved there and I was gone all the time. So the only thing I really knew how to get to from the house, I knew how to get to Walmart and Lowe's, that was it. Yeah. So the the thing that was good about, you know, actually getting a job, there local, I actually got to learn the area, you know, things to do and stuff like that. You're doing like an that. area study. <laughs> yeah, basically I'm, you know, I'm out doing whatever I'm doing. I'm like, oh, okay, I've been down, down this road before. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it it's, I, I've been very fortunate just because it is a beautiful area, Yeah. you know, uh, but
0: not a hard time transitioning for you. does it sound like it. Well, you look healthy.
1: Well, you know, I've been trying to stay like you, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, I've been trying, but, uh, it's not as easy you drinking me. at all. No. Well, every, I, once in a blue moon. Yeah. 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 Once in a blue moon. But, uh, you know, it, it wasn't at first because I guess I was just happy to be home. Yeah. But then over, I'd say like maybe six or about five or six months down the road, then, you know, you kind of get the itch because you're just, you know, to be honest with you, you know, when you come from being in the military, and then you go to contracting, you kind of get almost like a gypsy, you know, uh, blood in you. You know, you're just kind of used to going all the time. Yeah, it's
0: hard to be still. You yeah. don't want to be And yeah. it,
1: it was weird because, you know, I was always so used to packing you know, and and going and things like that, that I didn't have to worry about no more. So I guess it took a little bit longer, then it kind of hit me a little bit. But then if I started feeling that way, i just try to be like, hey, you know what? Uh, basically, I want to be around my kids, and, yeah. you know? So I was like, I need to be home. So then, you know, I just kind of shake it off and just keep doing my thing.
0: Yeah, with, with kids, it's different because you have a a positive outlook for them, yes. right? You have to stay mission oriented or, or I guess focused yeah. on the task at hand, which is raising them or right. be, being with them. So there's always an upside. Versus, if you're just single, lonely, and you're sitting on your ass, you're not doing nothing. I know completely. I, like that's, I mean, mostly that's how guys mm-hmm. just wind up offing themselves because they don't have any support mechanisms. You're right, um, but you have that.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I think something that really stuck with me is that, you know, you always used to hear like you know, uh, kids grow up so fast, and before you have kids, you don't realize that. You yeah. know, and then when you have kids, and then you know, all of a sudden, boom, you know, like perfect example the other day, I was on Facebook and this memory shows up from 2006. Uh, My oldest was born in 2006. So I was very fortunate to be able to come home for her birth and then I went right back down range. And, uh, which is funny because, you know, I, I, you know, you think about it and I remember the whole time I'm home, I'm proud to be home because I know I'm getting ready to have a baby, but I was, you know, I was thinking about my, my team, yeah. you know, and that's just how it is because I you're like, trip, nobody yeah. gets hurt or anything. I'm not there, you know? And, um,
0: we lost tongue in yeah, 2006. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, uh, and I remember I, uh. We had the baby, and I think that's when the clock starts. Like when T got to go back, like a week or whatever it is later. So, which you know, your wife always takes that so well. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing what? Well, Do I got to go back? Wow! And then uh, I go back uh, overseas. But the cool thing was this picture. It was uh, we got home. You know, at a teammate's house, man. And the cool thing is, like three of us had kids. Like boom, like almost like you know stairs you Know, uh, Jay Bird, Ivan, and myself, and and uh, there's a picture of all three of us on the couch holding our babies, and then there's one of me holding my my oldest little girl, and I got a bottle in her jaw, you know. And uh, and I was like, holy crap! And man. a week
0: later, all you guys are going back down range, yeah, pretty much, yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, it was just it was weird, man. I mean, I look back on it, I'm just like, man, it's hard to believe that, you know, she's getting ready to turn 15, yeah, it's like, wow, it's hard to
0: believe it, too. I mean, you had a whole career. I mean, see, I don't think a lot of people in the military, because they look at their world as the world, mm-hmm. um, forget that there's just going to be this other life yeah. beyond where where you're healthy, you're yeah. not old, right. and then you have a lot of time uh, to figure things out. Right. And if they don't have a plan, like I almost want to talk to unit guys and special operations guys and brief them on... On starting to think about why they're still in active duty, what the next phase is going to be. Right. Because they all think that's um, that mission they're in, that unit they're in, is their world right. until they leave it. And, it, the, you know, the door closes or the gate closes behind them, and that world's gone forever. You're right. It's like, and the only thing you have to look forward to is whatever you produce yes. leaning forward into the normal world.
1: I think a lot of guys, man, they really they do themselves and their families injustice because like, you know, early in the war, what happened, guys didn't, there was no planning. They got out and they went contracted. You know, that's what they did. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a lot of things have changed now. It's not like it was then. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of guys, they get out. And like you said, they don't really have a good, strong plan or, you know, them, their wives don't sit down and be like, Hey, you know what, you know, where do we want to be? You know, have like a, a two five year plan or seven 10 year plan or whatever, you know, where do we want to be at? Do we want to stay here? Do we want to move? You know, what do we want to do? And uh, I think, yeah, a lot of guys don't really do themselves any justice by not having a good solid plan at all.
0: So you you have um, that contract and stuff behind you with no idea in your head that you're going to go back to it, right? That's just, right. it's gone, fire and forget. Yeah, yeah. Now, you ha- now you're kind of redefining yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. because, you know, I mean, like I said, my kids are getting bigger now. Um, i getting a little longer in the tooth. I don't like to think of that, but, I mean, it's, you know, you got to think about it. I mean, uh, it's kind of like a young man's game, you know? Yeah. And especially if, uh, you know, if you want to be, a, if you want to be around your kids and stuff like that. And, and my kids are like, at like that real good age right now where I have a teenager and I have a 10 year old and, uh, you know, there's just so much fun, yeah. you know, my teenager, not so much, but my younger one, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, four te- more years. Right. So, and yeah. so she starts hating daddy and thinks he's a dork too, you know, but, uh, just so many things i enjoy like i enjoy going on the ball field i enjoy watching her play sports and uh you know being there for and not having to watch it or receive pictures or videos stuff like that so awesome to be able to stand there and just watch it myself because you know i mean these days you know once they're gone they're gone
0: i know know well i like that i like the whole transition for us in what most often civilians who are experiencing life have never had kind of the, the stripping of their world taken away. Mm-hmm. Um, in us living that, appreciating every second right. that we can value in time. Mm-hmm. Like I wake up now and every single moment of every day, I'm very attentive to the the quality of time that I'm spending with people mm-hmm. uh, in environments, even with myself and capturing those memories. Because I know, um, I could just take it for granted, yeah, you know, and then neglect everything in my life. And I don't think, you know, it kind of changes your optic and your approach to life, which I think is more beneficial because, yeah, you could lapse over the same years that your kids had with you Mm -hmm. because you're not paying attention. But now that you are paying attention, it's so much more quality time.
1: Yeah, I think you hit the head of the nail, bro, to be honest with you, because, I mean, it definitely does give you uh, appreciation for things, you know, that you do, that... You know, you don't take for advantage uh, or take advantage of because you think about how many times, you know, because your job, you had to be away and you'd miss something. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, uh, your wife doesn't realize, you know, she thinks, you know, whatever she may think, but, you know, she doesn't understand how hard that is on you that you're missing this, you know. And uh, so I told myself, hey, when I'm done with this, man, I'm going to make it a point that I don't want to miss nothing you know, ever again. So I, you know, I mean, hey, I got my ranger buddy, my young one, and I got my teenager and, and, uh, and anything, you know, I get to do with them. I I just enjoy it because I know eventually they're going to be grown, you know, and want to move out. And then, uh, daddy's going to be like, well, okay, I guess better get a dog or something. I
0: know, (laughs) I know, right. (laughs) Um, well, well, the thing is too, you know, talking about spouses not understanding stuff, when you, when you carry a burden of weight, when you're a member of a team that's protecting each other's lives. Yeah. So that that primal, very, very primal experience when pulled out of that um, tribe, it's it's very taxing emotionally yeah. because, yeah. like you said, when you're having your baby and you're thinking about your teammates, it's because you're leaning on each other like, you know, the the links in chain. Yeah. Where one break of that could compromise somebody's life and to live. With knowing that you could have been there or you missed that experience or, you, you know, you, you could have been there to fight. Right. Um, is a very, it's a, it's a real void that if you have experienced that, it affects you for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. 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 We don't, want, we don't want that. Right. Lives.
1: And, uh, you know, cause you think about it, like, especially like when you're on a team, I mean, like you said, man, I mean, you depend on each other for so many things and, you know, uh, you know, you basically become family, you yeah. know? and uh you even just, even more rooted than family. Yeah, cuz I mean you get to know each other so, you know, everything about each other and you and you spend holidays together, you know, you spend birthdays together, you help each other move. Uh if somebody's going through a divorce, you try to be there for them, you know, to to basically be a shoulder for them and be an ear to listen to them. And uh so I mean you go through so many peaks and valleys of life together that uh you know, there's just when you're not there, you know, you worry about it, you know, you like, you know, and you think about it. And of course, you know, your wife can't understand like, you know, well, you're not here in the moment. Well, yeah, I am, but you know, I'm worried about the guys,
0: you yeah, know, and, it's hard. Uh, it is. It's really hard. What, what do you missed? What do you miss most about the military?
1: I would have to definitely say, you know, um,
0: the, uh, the great health benefits.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to say the camaraderie, you know, the blood the brotherhood and stuff like that. Cause I mean, you you meet some uh, you meet some fine Americans that, you know, that and friendships that last a lifetime. Like, I mean, look at me and you. Like I said, we go back like car seats way back. And I have other buddies that are like that too, man, that, you know, that if they call me right now and say, hey, Dan, I need some help with this. I, by God, I'll tell you what, I'd do everything I could to get my ass in my truck and, and make that road trip because that's just what you do. You know? Yeah. A hundred percent.
0: And and it's not often that guys reach out. So right. when, when they do, it's and like, you, yeah, you know,
1: it's big time.
0: Yeah. Um, I would say the same as com- camaraderie. Do right. you have any regrets from your military career that you wish you would have did?
1: Yeah. You know, I used to always say this, uh, one of my biggest regrets, I always want to go to range battalion, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and when I put in that 41 and seven to go that route, that's when, you know, I, uh, got put up on kind of like the Ridge line. And next thing I know, uh, Uh, I got picked up for recruiting, but that was something I I always wanted to do and uh, I didn't get to. Yeah, me too.
0: You would have been a good Ranger.
1: I think you you definitely would have smoked it. But, you know, I think because, you know, you when you work with those guys, they're always sharp dudes, man. Yeah. You know, really. I mean, Tashley. I mean, just very, very, very good, uh, solid dudes, and you know, I was like, man, that's one thing I really wish I could have done, you know, in my time in the military.
0: Yeah, they raised the best small unit leaders in the military. Oh, by far. They, I mean, they're bre- they're breeding constantly, pr- proven combat leaders. Yes. Um, and and it starts with you know the selection to get into whether it's the indoctrination program or the um, what they're calling um, RASP now, Ranger mm-hmm. Assessment. Um, but also having them go to ranger school, which is creating a good baseline and then mm-hmm. having them prove their leadership in combat mm-hmm. can't beat it. No, we no. can't beat it. Um, if you can go back and experience any, uh, rotation year, uh, combat rotation year, which, what year would it be? Man, um, probably 07. Yeah, with Task Force. Yeah,
1: oh seven or 06, either one of them. They were both two great deployments. Yeah,
0: 07 was good. Justin was lost on the ICTF side, it was yeah. pretty hardcore. Yeah. Um, but the Task Force side was good because he yeah. had the support to go kill bad guys. Right. Um, and then uh, 06 was good, too. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, yeah. had a good
1: time in 06. Yeah, we had, a, I mean, a, a, just a good, solid group of dudes and stuff like that. I mean, from top to bottom.
0: My first rotation was with the SIF six. I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. Yeah. I was like, I, and I only was back for like a month and a half from Afghanistan
1: after nine months. I used to hate how they did that to you guys. That happened yeah. every time, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'd get back and groups gone, and then, you know, teams and companies will start rotating back stateside and then here's these dudes they just sh- sh- getting home and like in l- about a month later they're leaving again with us but yeah. sometimes if, you know if the guys had the schooling and stuff like that and they really wanted to they'd be like whatever i'll do it
0: yeah i mean i remember even coming back from i think six or whatever year i came back and i went to sniper school and then i went to i can't remember maybe in free fall school and then immediately turned and burned and went back down range it was just never it's constant then after that trip it was like so tack and then a not it, it just it never stopped never right? stops um you know what b23 was bad at is awards yeah we had talked about that before but it's horrible yeah. with awards. i remember me and eli and from the 06 trip were the only ones to get turned down for bronze stars because they had already reached their cap yeah and then i found out a whole bunch of support guys which nothing against support right. guys because there's some of them that were really good. Right. Um but even guys who never left the wire got bronze stars and then me and Eli because uh, I don't we were last on the list. I'm the new guy. They're like, "Oh, you guys are getting arcoms." I've uh, gotten R-coms for PT for physical training. And uh, you're going to be R-com. I
1: remember that cuz I remember we all we you know all the dudes on the team were like just like you got to be kidding me. I mean, you guys are going out, out almost every night, you know, and uh and for something like that I kinda I mean I thought that was a slap on the face.
0: It yeah. was. It was bad. And even the Valorous Awards, we, yeah. we were at the Navy, and I realized all those guys were getting put in. For, no offense to them, because mm. they were just they were taking care of their guys. Mm-hmm. But they were getting put in for V devices, for ops that we kicked off the gunfights. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why, why is our chain of command? And I still, you know what? To this day, I didn't even realize, or now I realize, but I didn't realize back then that we could put each other in for awards. If I would have known that, I would have been like the staff sergeant, the young E six. Why is Mike putting everybody in for a valor award? I know because if you're with, if you're on a hit with the SIF, you're going to witness some form of, of especially in a gunfight, some form of valor from somebody. Right. Uh, even it, everybody position wise. Yeah who's in a gunfight because you're literally there offensively. Mm-hmm. I thought That was always disappointing, man. I
1: think, I think you're right about that. And, you know, it was, I, that was something that was always broke, you know, and, and then you'd hear some of the reasoning behind it and you're like, come on, man, you know? Yeah. yeah Cause uh, you know, we used to always talk about like, especially like the guys who were like, you know, E6s or E7s. Hey man, these guys are competing against other people. You know, also, I mean you hate to break it down to that, but at some point you have to think about that. Yeah. You know, because that's dudes' livelihoods. And uh I think yeah, we definitely were broke when it came to awards and things like that. Because our
0: start major in 07, the the big guy, yeah, when they on the ICTS side, they all put themselves in for valor valorous awards for a for a hit. And I'm like, how the hell does a <laughs> start major, the company start major? Of a SIF a company get a Valorous Award, uh-huh. and he was on a gun,
1: yeah. and
0: he's in a turret. Nothing against him. is probably Valorous. Right. But just, like, like, I look at the task force side in 07, for yeah. example, and I'm like, dude, we killed so many bad guys, did so many high-risk raids, and nobody got a feed device? <laughs> Not one person. <laughs> Not one person. I saw the whole, because I, I recently just was pulling up old hard drives uh-huh. with awards, and I'm like, there. I think there was like 10 V devices on one side with Purple Hearts from hits and raids. Uh-huh. And I looked on our side, I'm like, not one I mean, Justin, I mean Justin was killed, but Justin was put in for the silver star before he got killed. Right. For for a raid. Yeah. And I'm like, how did we not? You didn't even get an ARCOM with a V. Yeah. A, it, RCOM with a V what it should have been a blanket award for everybody. Yeah. But not one. So crazy, man. It is. It's crazy. I hate that shit. <laughs> it bothers me because I see the Navy services and the guys who get out and they're like, Yeah, hey, I got like 10 V devices. Like <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> um so what does the future look like for you uh moving forward?
1: You know, man uh, just try to stay ahead of father time, uh make sure my kids grow up to be good productive uh citizens and uh and hopefully, you know stay around a little bit longer.
0: what do you mean uh so you're gonna be here forever. well, I'm hoping. You are a you're timeless right now. You're you you've never aged oh since I've seen God. you. You understand. look the same. Well thanks, bro. But like the uh, the the peak of fitness that I've noticed <laughs> noticed you've been at. Well thanks. I mean you've always been a stud.
1: Well, I tell you, uh I, like I said, I showed you that one picture. It was funny. You know, uh, we were doing some really crazy PT back in the day where people used to laugh at us. They really couldn't believe it because it was hot as ass outside. Yeah. And we're out there and we're just getting it, you know, sweat and tears and blood going every direction. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you don't look any different either. That's why I was just crazy. I mean, you're you're obviously you got those flowing locks, but I'm not used to that. And then all that hair on your chin. But, I mean, you look the exact same, bro. You don't age at all either.
0: I remember in Bico, we used to do better those 300 workouts. <laughs>
1: I still have the.
0: There's a video. Remember yeah. that I videoed you, I know. Um, and you're like on the on your back, and then the sweat stain when you got up was insane. It was pretty crazy. All right, I'm getting a warno that we got something else to go, to okay. go do. Dan, I appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Thank you very much, bro. It was only 47 minutes. Heck yeah, you did well.
1: Well, thank you. Podcast is, number one. I know, man. This is uh, this has been awesome. I mean. Anytime I get a chance to hang out with you and just sit there and just shoot the, you know, the stuff, it's awesome. I yeah, appreciate we got,
0: it. We got 55 of these to go. <laughs>
1: Good. All right, I'm going to the front and I take all the of the thunder's weight. I'll turn my face from what I fear. The tip of the spear.